0: Welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. We are glad you are taking advantage of this resource. If you would like to find out more information about our church or connect with us, go to cornerstonebv.org. You can also check us out on our Facebook page, at CornerstoneBV. We hope that the message today impacts your life and draws you closer in your walk with Christ. This is uh, the candle that Haley just um, lit. It's called the Love Candle, the candle of love. And so what we want to talk about is the love that God has for us. But it's one thing to have words. When someone says, I love you, everyone likes to hear that. But we always want there to be action behind it, right? And so in the Word of God, it says that God demonstrated his own love towards us in this. While we were sinners, while we were in that mess of sin, Christ died for us. And so there is a huge action behind the love that God would give his only son so that we could be forgiven. Let's pray. Father, you gave us your son. Lord Jesus, you paid the ultimate sacrifice for us. And so Lord, I pray that um, you would take this very, very familiar story to many of us, probably all of us, despite whatever church background we might have, because it's a Christmas story that we hear a lot, but Lord, that you would wash it afresh upon us to help us to see how much you love us, that you would come to be with us, Lord Jesus. You'd come into this mess to save us from it. Lord, bless us where we are at, that we would leave here with more joy and more hope and a more and greater depth of understanding of your tremendous love for us. It's in Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Amen. All right, so uh, this we're going to just kind of look at that very familiar story that, that Haley just read from Matthew chapter 1. So if you don't have it memorized and you want to follow along, you can open your Bibles to chapter 1 of Matthew. We'll put it on the screen. You can use the Pew Bibles uh, as well if you want to. And um, we... Uh, We'll, we'll, we, we have Bibles there, and again, if you don't own a Bible, you don't have one at home, uh, we'd love for you to take one of those. Or if you know someone who needs a Bible, feel free to take that. We just want as many people as possible to have God's Word, right? So uh, feel free to do that. You know, uh, yesterday, or uh, last week, I should say, there was at least a couple of people listening. If you were with us, I had mentioned that I was really hoping to be one of those great people in the commercials to get one of those BMWs in the driveway with a huge bow on it. So a couple of people really, really came through for me. And here, here they are. Uh, this one, I think, from the Barons, right after the 11. Thank you, guys. I literally got done preaching, and this was handed to me. So they went right over to this, somewhere to get that. And then Patrick, back there behind the camera, gave me this big one, right? This one runs. This one's huge. So um, not exactly what I had in mind. Um, but I appreciate the thought. And uh, I was thinking maybe this, uh, this week I'll try to get you to give me a cow and then maybe you'll just give me a filet or something like that, and we'll, we'll, you know, actually, but please don't give me a cow, all right? I really don't, Heather would probably love that, but I would not, so please don't do that. you know, as, as we, we come to this, this is basically where, where Matthew gives the, the beginning of, of, as you can see, the birth of Christ, right? But we know from Luke, so Luke had more Mary's point of view, Matthew more Joseph's point of view, and 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 so, so Luke gives us the details that an angel visited Mary, said, hey, you're going to be pregnant, Mary, even though you're not married yet, right? And, and this is going to be from the Holy Spirit, and it's going to be my son you're going to carry, and so it was pretty daunting and amazing for her, and then she spends the first first three months of her pregnancy with her cousin Elizabeth, who's also the mother of John the Baptist, right? And they celebrate and sing and have an awesome time, right? And so I think, even though it doesn't give us a timeline, that Matthew sort of picks up the action when she comes back to Nazareth, right? So she'd be around that fourth month. And any ladies here or guys who've who've had wives pregnant, you know what happens around the fourth month, you begin to say, oh, those maternity clothes are needed now, right? And, and you can't really hide it anymore. That's why you would start to tell people because it's pretty obvious. And no one wants to be rude and say, are you pregnant, right? So you got to tell people, yes, I'm pregnant. And so that's the state that Mary's in right about this time, right? So uh, Matthew says this, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And so, again, to be found with child is sort of saying, You're pregnant. And so now Joseph clearly sees that his wife is, is, is pregnant, um, not his wife, but his soon-to-be wife, because it says they're betrothed. And for our culture, you know, it's a little different because we don't have a betrothal period. We might have an engagement period, but it's really not the same thing. A betrothal period would be an actual legal binding agreement. That this, that this usually pretty young lady, right, would be promised to her future husband, and then an a legal agreement between the parents and families would be made. And so to get out of that agreement, you actually had to legally break it, what we would know as a divorce. right? So what would happen is that betrothal period would last about a, a year, Um, and they would not be married yet. They didn't live together. There was no sexual relationship yet, but they were promised to each other, and it was legal. And then when that year was over, around then, they would have a wedding ceremony, right? And then the woman would go to be with her husband and live with him, and they would consummate their their marriage. And so Mary is found to be with child in that betrothal period where they're legally promised together, but they haven't come together as a married couple. And so Joseph sees that. Now, this, this, uh, in, in the English, it says, now the birth of Jesus Christ. But did you know in the, the Greek, in the original language it was written, it starts with the word Christ or Messiah, depending on which language you're reading it in, the Greek or the, the Hebrew. And that just, if you remember last week, we talked about, that just means anointed one. And there was many of those in the Old Testament, right? Priests, kings, uh, you know, the prophets would be called anointed ones. So they were set aside, right, for a special service to God. But through the Old Testament, there was this promise, um, prophetic promise, that there was going to come a Savior who is going to be the Christ or the anointed one. So that's not Jesus' last name, right? That that's his title. He's going to be the one they've been waiting for. And 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 they believed in that first century that the that the Christ was gonna come and come soon and he was going to save them from oppression, injustice, especially from Rome, was that was the, the tyrannical powerhouse at that time, right? And things were really hard. And so they were thinking that he's gonna come and he's gonna set up sort of the Davidic kingdom again, the temple and, and another king, and it's gonna go back to like it was it was. He's gonna save us, right? And and so they didn't quite understand how da- how much depth there will be to the salvation and so we're told by Matthew just as we're told by Luke that this Christ is is given in the womb of Mary right by the Holy Spirit so it's not a a bad thing it's actually a good thing it might seem on the surface as as bad and so Joseph of course he has he has a dilemma right this woman who's betrothed to him is now pregnant it's not his right and so in verse 19 it says, and her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Okay, so again, they would have to divorce because it needs to be done legally. And and so even in the Old Testament, you could see someone who clearly shows that they're an adulteress could actually be stoned. But by the first century, that wasn't usually done. Um, the Rome, Romans did not allow the Jewish people to just do capital punishment without their say-so, which is why they had to do the whole pilot thing with Jesus when they wanted to kill him. And so typically that wasn't done, but it was still a really, really bad thing. And so they would often, uh, sort of out of spite and vindictiveness, the, the betrothed man, if, if, his, if this would happen, would um, have a huge public ceremony, as divorce. Everyone sees her shame and what she's done, and he'd divorce her. So, so uh, Joseph is uh, a just man. What that means is he follows the law, the Mosaic law. And to, so he knows he has to divorce her. That's the law, right? But he's also really, really compassionate, still loves her despite what he feels, the, the weight of all that's going on and the mess that he's in. And so he decides he wants to do it quietly, which was also lawful. You could just get two witnesses, do it really quiet, right? Divorce her, be done with it. But a small town like Nazareth... How long, as long as Mary stayed there, do you really think it would have been that quiet? Of course, underneath would have been her reputation. And Joseph's probably thinking, there's really not a whole lot I can do that. Do, I mean, Mary did what she did. This is about all I can do to help her. And, but he'll find out that there's so much more he can do. And so that's sort of what, he, what he's wrestling with. And, and, and if you imagine if you were Joseph, what a confusing mess, right? That, that this is happening to you. And and so um, that, that's what he's, he's thinking about. He says, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And so this is how I've always pictured this, is that he's trying to sleep. This is when you consider things, right? And you're like... What should I do? I can't believe this is happening to me. You know, Maybe you don't use the voice like the fiddler on the roof, right, but, but you, you, you're you like, God, why? I don't understand why she would do this. Why? We, everything was going so well. Life seemed to be going, I'm trying to follow you. I'm a just man, like why, right? And he's considering, what should I do about this? Praying about it, considering it, and he is, falls to sleep thinking, I have to divorce her quietly. And, and as he sleeps, this dream happens, and this angel visits him. Joseph, the angel says, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Right? It's not adulterous. It's not sinful. It's not wrong. It's not bad. In fact, it's the opposite. It's from God. It's miraculous, this child. Right? So, so he, he immediately sets it up by saying, you are the son of David. Now he's not the direct son of David, but he's from the line of David. And if you know the prophecies, the Christ who they're waiting for has to come from the line of David. So it's very important that even though Joseph's not the biological father of the Christ, right, that he adopts this child. And there's two things that you have to do to adopt a child in their culture. First is you have to take the woman to be your wife, right, the mother. And that's what the first thing the angel says. Take Mary to be your wife. Don't worry about it. It's right. It's good, right? This is what, we, what, what God wants you to do. And then uh, the angel continues. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. That's the second thing you needed to do if you were going to adopt a kid, is you give him a name, and that by doing that, the, the adopted father is saying, this is my son. And so now, even though it's through adoption, he's legally through the line of David. He's also through the line of David through Mary as well, as they're both from the line of David. But, but it's, but, but so this is what the angel saying. You shall call his name Jesus. But that just like he, uh, the angel told Luke, that's a special name. It means something, right? It means this, Uh, Yahweh saves, God will save. So it says, you'll call him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, not from Rome, not from oppression, not from injustice, but it goes deeper than that. What causes all those things? Sin. What causes all the oppression and horrible mess of life? Sin does either directly or indirectly. It's sin that's broken this world, right? And so he says, he's going, he's here not to save you from what you think, but he's gonna go deeper. He's gonna actually save you from the mess of sin. Call him Jesus. And so all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. And now he's gonna quote Isaiah seven fourteen, And some uh, um translations uh, put it that she, that the angel quotes uh, Isaiah 714. Uh, clearly the ESV, which is what we're reading out of, they made the decision that no, this is where the angel stops, and this is now Matthew taking it up again. We will not know the side of heaven, which it is. It doesn't really matter. It's all God's word, right? And so, so now we have this this quote uh, from uh, Isaiah seven fourteen 14, that, that just says this, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So his name's Jesus, but this is a title. He had many titles that would say something about his mission, about who he is. And so he is literally Emmanuel, God with us. This is God being born into the flesh, into all of this mess. And so uh, there was in Isaiah, when he said this centuries before Jesus, there was an immediate context that he was saying in Israel. But what Matthew is telling us is that Christ, Jesus, is the ultimate fulfillment of this prophecy. That he is the one to be born to a virgin, right? God with us, Emmanuel. And so the, aim, the, the dream is over. The angel is gone. And Joseph didn't say, man, that was a bad dream anyway. Let's keep on going with life. He says, it says, Joseph woke from sleep. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Right? And so Joseph... Um, he, he does exactly in obedience. He doesn't wait for the betrothal period to be over. He, what does he do? Immediately he goes, takes Mary, has a wedding ceremony, takes her into his home and makes her his wife. Right? And he then says he takes it a step further. He doesn't actually consummate or have any sexual relationship with his wife right? until when? Until after Jesus was born. So then he did, he had, they had a, a normal marital relationship at that point. The proof is Jesus had a lot of brothers and sisters, right? So she didn't stay a virgin forever. She just did until after the birth of Jesus. And, and so Joseph amazingly just obeys. What an example of obedience that Joseph is. Like I always like to, I, I've played this game with the kids or a teenager or someone, I'll give you $10 if, or even $100, just find the first place where Joseph speaks in the New Testament, I'm always clear about making sure that we're talking about the same Joseph. And, and I'll furiously look and furiously look, and they realize he never does. Right? He wasn't a mute, but Scripture doesn't record anything that he says. It just simply says that he obeys. right? He just gets up and he obeys. But this is um, not really a story of Joseph or an angel or Mary. This is a story of Jesus. This is a story of Emmanuel, and specifically, it's a story for even us to remember Emmanuel in the mess, right, in the mess, God with us, okay, so that's, so, so for us to really understand God's love in that title, Emmanuel, you got to understand the mess, and so to do that, I have a little, another little chemistry experience experience for you, nobody eat what I'm about to show, it's going to look good for some of you, but don't do it okay this is Joseph or you and me Um, Joseph's a devout man he just wants life to go pure he wants it to go well I'm trying to follow you Lord I'm just just don't let anything really bad happen to me I'm really trying my best here right and 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 things should go well I'm betrothed I got a she's beautiful I love my future wife this is gonna go really well right but then um, just like all of us there's mess isn't there Okay, and, and I want you to think about as he's as he's considering what's going on. He, he sees Mary, right? Like he's considering all of this. And, 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 and so some of the, the mess that, that goes into to, to Joseph's life first is that feeling of betrayal. Mm. Right? Anyone ever felt betrayed? You don't have to raise your hand, but probably. Right? What mess that brings. How about the mess of pride? Right? Like, huh, like she's been with somebody else. Like there's got to be a lot of pride that that brings, you know? Uh, really stir that up. We got some good chocolate milk for you, right? And so life gets messy. What about um, just as, as he's considering the, the confusion, right? Of, mmm, that's a good one. Uh, the confusion that Joseph's dealing with. Like, what do I do? I'm trying to follow the law, right? And what about now the doubts? Maybe is there a God? Does he really care, right? And now we just have this whole lot of mess. And isn't it amazing or ironic that the baby that's to be born, that, that, that and for Joseph's creating all this mess, at least that he thinks, is actually the solution to his mess? Ever think it like that? But, but the mess, so, so, so even after the angel resolves some of this, it doesn't end for Joseph, does it? Right? If, if you know the rest of the story, he's got to go to this, the Bethlehem because there's this dumb census that he's got to do. Right, and They can't do that online. I'm like, what are we doing here? Uh, and, and, and so he goes to, to Bethlehem, and of course, everybody's there, so he can't find a place. And he's got this really pregnant woman. And I know, you have manger scenes, and you have Christmas incense all over, it. it smells so beautifully. That baby was born where animals are. You know what that smells like? Right? And poor Joseph, right? He's got to be thinking, are you kidding me, God? You told me this is your son, and we're like, he's next to cows and sheep, and it's disgusting. What a mess. And then he just starts to settle down. Another, an angel visits him again and says, what? You better go to Egypt, Joe. You better go to Egypt, because Herod, he's got all the power, man, and he is going to kill every kid under the age of two. And now you have, oh my God. Egypt? I've never been to Egypt. And, and, and you have a whole mess of fear, right? Stir that into the Joseph life pot, right? And then I always think of it like this not only is there fear, but there's guilt because he's leaving behind a bunch of families. Maybe you see families with kids under the age of two, and he, maybe he warned them. I don't know, but they probably were like, You're crazy, man. He's taking off. They're staying, right? So now you add in guilt or worry or all that that brings. And he ends up in Egypt. I wonder why we think Joe died young, you know? He wasn't there when Jesus was 30 years old, was not mentioned, so most likely he was gone. And so Joseph, right, He's a devout, just man, but his life is full of mess. Can you relate? I know you can. I don't know what mess you have this morning. I don't know what anxieties you have. I don't know what, what depression you bring in, what sadness, what, what why God, what confusion, what loneliness, what grief, but that's life. It's messy, isn't it? It's messy. And yet, that is the whole idea of God's love. He loves you so much that Emmanuel, God came into the mess like he, he's not a distant deity at a planet, some far away kind of looking at us going, oh man, we'll see how, like watching a movie, right? Whoa, see how this works out. Ooh, Jamie, <laughs> yikes, more mess. That's not how it is. He came into it, he experienced the masses. he experienced loneliness and betrayal, and he experienced it all the way to the cross, right? All the mess, he purposefully, right, for God so loved the world that he gave us his only son. Emmanuel, God with us in the mass. That's how much God loves you. You know, the other day, um, this past week, it was just—I don't know how else to describe it. I was just kind of sad. You ever have a sad? Might be the wrong word. Melancholy—is that a better word? It's kind of dramatic, Shakespearean, or something. I don't know. But have you ever just felt sad? Now I'm not talking about blubbering or some tragic thing. Just felt the weight of sadness. And it was just kind of some little things, nothing, nothing, you know, I mean, huge that you would say, but they just kind of added up. Um, I got off the phone with John Pillings, Joan's wife of over 60 years, just died, and um, he's doing great, and he, by the way, he's going to visit um, his son in Virginia, so he wanted me to make sure you know that that's why he's not with us, he's uh, going to spend Christmas obviously with his family. He's doing, he's doing well, but as I was talking to him, he says, you know, it's hard, I wake up in the morning. And there's no other voice in the house. And I was like, that's just sad. Right? I know Jones with the Lord, and, and that's what happens, but it's just sad. And then I went, uh, during Christmas, I'll bring some gifts to some of our people who, who are either shut in or just not able to get out much. And um, I went to visit Bob Taylor. I don't know if you remember Bob. Um, he, uh, he really hasn't been back since COVID. It started, obviously, with COVID, but then he's had one ailment after another. And Bob's just amazing older guy, um, just a gentleman's gentleman, and I, I always love visiting with him. He has a, a condo here in Uxbridge, and um, it's this little sitting area, and whenever I visit him, um, he just tells me stories of, like the old days, and I love listening to them. I never had any grand—well, I had grandparents, but I didn't know them. So I—I uh, really just loved that, and and really loved those times with him, and and so I went to visit him, and I went to the door, and there he was, walker, right, pain in his back, and still amazing guy, but you could tell he was just hurting. And we sat in that same sitting area, and he just—you know—we talked more about like the elements that were going on and I, I got him to talk a little bit about the old days because that's what he likes to do and what I like too but it was just a little bit different it was sadder and as I was leaving I thought I got to get back there again soon and I thought you know as I got into my car this might be the last time and you know what that's good because Bob, Bob's going to be with the Lord and he'll see his wife Pat would love the Lord too and that's good but that's sad for me right whenever you think of those types of things Then I visited Carol Zydema, and you got to go back a a number of years to know Carol, but she loves this church. She prays for you, even though you might not know her. She just physically isn't able to make it. And I visit her every Christmas, and it was good, but her husband is on oxygen now, and it's just like, man, you know, how many more years are we going to be able to do this? And so that just made me sad. Then touching base with different people who are sick, or, you know, and it's just like, oh, right? And so these are. Messes of life, loneliness, sickness, old age, loss, grief, right that 's just how this life goes i didn 't mention much of anything that 's just this amazing tragic event, did I? And so I just sat there and I remembered last week yelling at you about how you got to pursue joy, and so I was like, well, i got to take my own counsel and so I put on some worship songs that I particularly like, and then the tears just kind of came, not you know, sobbing or anything, just just tears of just sadness and joy and, man, and I, as I'm listening, I just began to think about that whole idea, Emmanuel, God with us, that he entered this mess. Like, What other religion can say that? Sure, God looked at all this mess that we created because of sin and said, yeah, I'm coming in. I'm going to experience it. If you ever, ever doubt God's love for you, remember Emmanuel, that God is with us. And Jesus promised he'll never forsake us. That that's an embodiment of God's love, that he would be born into this mess, Emmanuel. And and also in that, that story that we have, that's his title, Emmanuel, but his name is Jesus, Right? Jesus, which means God saves. So specifically, he came into the mess, right, to save us from the mess. He right? came into the mess to save us from the, the, the mess. I mean, he, he experienced all that the mess brings. He experienced poverty. He saw disease, affliction. He experienced loneliness, betrayal, people, his friends running from him, all the way to experiencing the most gruesome form of punishment, the cross, all for you and me. Right? That, he, that he, would, he, would, he would be nailed to that tree. That he would shed his blood. That he would experience all of God's wrath that he didn't deserve. I did. You did. Because that's why he came into this mess. To save us. Right? Not from oppression and injustice and all of the, the elements of sin. But to go deeper and to save us from sin itself. That's how much God loves you. That he, that he, that he, that John three sixteen says that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. But so for those who what? Believe, won't perish, but have eternal life. Have you believed in this God who saves? Not a God who wants you, you to clean up your own mess, who came into it to save you. It's written all over the gospels. Right, not just as a baby, but, but you read about Jesus. He came in, and, right, and he, who's he hanging with? He's hanging with tax collectors and prostitutes and the lonely and the weary and the lepers and the diseased and the poor. Right? He came to hang in the mess to save us from the mess. He's, he's there with that, that, that Samaritan-hated, broken, sinful woman next to that well. He's, he's lifting the tear-streaked face Of that prostitute and says, you're forgiven, go sin no more. That's Jesus. God saves. That's how much he loves you. He's not like, wow, you're pretty good, Jamie. I'll save you. No, that's not how it works. Right? While I'm in the mess, while I'm a sinner, God demonstrates his love towards me. That Jesus would save me. Right? Have you trusted and believed in this God who saves because our world, man, we are all about, like, saving ourselves. Saving ourselves. You have it within you to save you from your own mess. Have you ever seen, like, a two-year-old try to clean a mess? They get this mess all over, and then they're just like, oh, no. Right? And then they're wiping the walls, and like next thing you was like, just stop. Right? That's you and I trying to save us from our own mess. God's just like, no, 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 no. I'll do it. You can't. We want you go into uh, like I don't most a lot of people shop online now, but if you know you go into the Barnes and Noble section and you go to the self help section, it's huge. I used to go in my less mature days, and I would put I would take those books and turn them over, or put like Bibles in front of them or uh, Christian books. You know, just because I was, it just, like, drove me crazy that someone who, who's in a mess, needs help, is going to go to that section. All approved by Oprah, you know. You got it from within you. And it's like, no, you don't. You need Jesus, the God who saves. That's who you need. And so, if you've, if you've never, if you've, you've always thought, man, I, 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 I thought that I could do it, you need to say goodbye to that. You need to embrace the God who saves. That's what Christmas is all about. Trust in Jesus and if you're a Christian here and you've grown a little bit cold towards the things of God and maybe it's because you've kind of made a mess of things we tend to do that still don't we and you've made a little bit of a mess of of your life and here's what happens I know to me is if it's a mess that I've made multiple times and I'm like you ever feel that way God's not going to forgive me of that And again God I did it again right Do you know that God knew you were going to make that mess long before you were even born? He's God. He doesn't regret saving you. He doesn't regret saving you. He's God. His love for you has nothing to do with you. It's his character. While you were in the mess, he came in and saved you. And so if that's you and you're growing a little bit cold because of some of the mess in your life, I'll figure some things out and then I'll get right with God. That's not how this works, right? Go back to God, right? Open your Bibles again. Worship again. Pray again. Repent and ask for forgiveness again. Only he cleans that mess. He's the one who loves you enough to save you. So even us Christians, even if you've been a Christian in many years, you need to hear this message again and preach it to yourself again and again and again. And so we don't have much time, but let me just leave you with this, especially if you're in a pretty good season, and a lot of that might have applied to your past or might apply to your future, but right now you're in a pretty good spot, a little bit of mess, but you're, you're letting the Lord work on you with it. I would just say this, be the love of God in the mess because you see the mess, right? I mean, it's all over the place. I know, I see you on Facebook, you know There's mess. There's mess. Not just in your life, but and here, here's what, what what we like to do. It's it's a it's a temptation. Recede, build a wall right from the mess, and only just stay here till Jesus comes, right? That's just that's the temptation we all have. Insulate ourselves from the mess of people, and and you know, when any kind of mess creeps in, do whatever we can to comfort ourselves and get rid of that mess. And I just want to say that instead of succumbing to that temptation, say yes to the invitation that God gives you to be the love of God in the mess. People all over in where you are have mess in their lives. You can't save them, you can't be Emmanuel, but you can be the representative of God and his love in their mess. Like only you can be you. I remember, you know, I, I invite you if you, you know, today they're, they're going to the Worcester Outreach. If you can't go, maybe the next time they go. Go. I remember a couple years ago, it was pre-COVID, talk about mess, there was this guy, uh, nice guy really, we'd given him some food, and um, he, he was so drunk though, like so drunk, and, and he's just kind of like this, and we're trying to help him kind of get to the ground, right, and then he just threw up all over himself, talk about mess, right, physical, emotional, and spiritual, all wrapped in one. Oh, we can't be God to this guy, right? But what we did is we kind of helped him get settled, got him some clothes from the clothes giveaway from the other church that was there, and, and we just sat with him, gave him some more food, and then just show him the love of God. That's all we can do, right? So whether that's someone who's lonely, you can sit with them. Whether that's someone who's who needs a hug, and you hug them. that's not a crime, I promise, right? If it's someone who just give generously, show, you know, like I said, only you can be you. I pray for opportunities to show God's love in the mess. See the opportunities to show God's love in the mess. Do the opportunities to show God's love in the mess. Right? You pray for him, you look for him, you'll see him. Do him. Only you can be you. Only I can be me. Whatever opportunities God's given us to show the love of Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God saves in the mess that's all around us. Let's pray. Father, we, we come before you. We pray because you're the only one who can save. And Lord, I pray for just anyone who's here this morning and they're just in a mess, maybe they've never known you, Jesus, that for the first time they finally grasped that only you can save. Only you can save. And I pray that you would today, that you would save them, that they would just simply turn in faith to you, Christ. You are the anointed Savior. You're Emmanuel. You came in to our mess to save us from the mess. And Lord, for, our, for my brothers and sisters who are in Christ, who are maybe grown cold towards you because of some of the mess, that again, you would, you would bring them back. Show them the forgiveness and love that is found in Christ. And oh Lord, I ask for you to use us to be the love of God wherever we are at. God, help us, Holy Spirit, to not succumb to the temptation of insulating ourselves from where we are needed. And that you would, show us where to step in and show the love of Christ to others. We praise your name, Lord. It's your name we praise. In Jesus' name. And in great Emmanuel, God with us, we pray. Amen. Let's stand and worship together, church.